Sally, what are you doing? What do you want? Nothing. Come on, Sally. Everybody wants something. All right, Winnie. What's going on, everybody? It's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy, courtesy of CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I'm also Nairby, uh, wherever. Find books about Nairby character in Degrassi or Soul. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. This is episode four, in which we are covering episodes 10, 11, 12, and 13 of season one of Degrassi Junior High, which is... Uh, the end, basically, we're going to cover the finish. We're finishing season one here on this episode of Degrassi, buddy. And let's get right to it. We're starting with episode 10. Smokescreen is the name of this episode. Air date, March the 22nd, 1987. We start at school and Caitlin, Susie, and Kathleen are trying to get people to sign up for their environmental action committee. But nobody is interested until Rick shows up and signs up. And Susie thinks that he's just doing it to hang out with Kaylin. Kathleen says that Rick's dumb as a post <laughs> and the school criminal. Kaylin thinks that he just needs to, he just needs a little bit of help. You know, Kaylin's understanding. So and that's when we get the intro. After the intro, we're back in class. Susie is giving a report on her uncle, who was an astronaut. And next week, it's Yick's turn to give a report on his family heritage. Ms. Avery asks why Rick... After, well, after, after the class ends, of course, Ms. Avery and her amazing long flowing hair. Yeah, and that smile in those eyes. <sighs> anyway, she asked Rick, well, Rick why he didn't hand in, in his assignment, and he says that he didn't do it. When she asks him why he didn't do it, he just shrugs it off, and she tells them that if he doesn't work harder, he may have to repeat the, second, the seventh grade for a second time. So he already failed the seventh grade, and he is on the verge of failing again. Come on, Rick, smarten up. In the hallway, Arthur wants to play basketball with Yick, but Yick needs to do some research on his family project. And he says that nobody wants to hear about poor refugees and that he needs to find a more interesting story to tell. We cut to Rick, who is in a bathroom and he's smoking a cigarette when Shane walks in him and tells him that smoking is dumb. Rick asks Shane for advice on how to get with Caitlin, and Shane suggests that Rick join the Environmental Action Committee. Rick agrees, and he shows up at the club meeting and surprises everyone. Kathleen asks what Rick knows about the environment, and Rick says that he lives in it. Well, exactly. <laughs> of course, of course, of course I know about the environment. I live in it. Rain, snow, sun. I'm an expert. There you go. <laughs> Caitlin and Susie speak up for in favor for Rick, and he's officially a member after that. And uh, during this, as they start the meeting... The first order is the the club name, <laughs> the name of the club, and um, they want a name that's more catchy, and one girl says that, how about Pollution Busters? And everyone but Kathleen likes it, and Kathleen says that they don't need a new name, and the current name is better, and it's not just because she thought of it. Well, of course it's not. Of course it's not. It's Kathleen. She's not full of herself. Come on, man. After the meeting, Kathleen asks Caitlin uh, why she let Rick join the club, and that she heard his father disowned him, which obviously isn't true. Go back to episodes of Degrassi, buddy. We watched the episode where Rick, Rick's dad was beating him up and uh, Rick has since moved in with his brother. Uh, Caitlin defends Rick and says that people need to give Rick a chance. But Kathleen doesn't want to. But Caitlin persists and uh, Kathleen just has to go with it. On the way home from school, Yick is by himself. He's walking past and he walks past the store and he sees there's this vase or a vase in the window 
for $4.99 and he buys it and he shows up with it the next day at school. He tells Arthur that the vase has been in his, in his family for thousands of years and it's very valuable, but he forgot all about it until last night. Arthur asks Yik what dynasty the vase is from, <laughs> and Yik says Ming or Manchu, both maybe. <laughs> oh, those two are awesome, man. Arthur's, Arthur suggests uh, to Yik that he should take it to an antique dealer to get it appraised, and Yik says uh, maybe later. We cut to the stairway where Caitlin Meek has a, well, she runs into Rick. And she asks Rick if he wants to help with a club project. And Rick says yes. Back in class, Arthur is getting things ready uh, for class. As he and, Ar- he and Yick are the only ones in class. I guess they're getting ready to do a presentation. Yick leaves to return some library books. But Arthur's having some trouble removing a sign that's a little that was placed a little too high above the chalkboard. So he, he goes and he... He gets this chair that's on wheels. Not not wheels, the character. Like, actual wheels. <laughs> and uh, he decides against it. And then he goes and he gets a, he grabs a desk, a nearby desk, and he starts to pull it over. And upon pulling it over, Yik's school bag drops on the ground, and that's when we hear something inside smash. Arthur opens up the bag and finds Yik's $5 vase. <laughs> His pig is just in shambles. <laughs> oh, man, these two... Caitlin and Rick are walking home and they walk past a factory that's polluting the environment. And Rick tells Caitlin that uh, when he lived with his dad, the conditions sucked because they lived near a factory. Caitlin tells Rick that they should have gotten an air purifier. And Rick says, you think we can afford an air purifier? You see, Rick was offended by that because he's not rich like Caitlin apparently is. And Caitlin apologizes. Back at school, Yick arrives back in class and Arthur's gone. But he left a note on the chalkboard. (laughs) And it says, Yick, took vase to antique dealer, Arthur. And Yick says, oh no, (laughs) no shit. (laughs) $5. (laughs) At Caitlin's house, Yick likes, sorry, Yick, Rick, this is going to be difficult. Rick likes Caitlin's house and suggests that her parents must be rich. Caitlin says that one of her parents are a principal at a school. I forget what she said the other parent does. And Caitlin says that they're not rich. They're just, you know, they just... They're just a fam. Rick tells Caitlin that he lives with his brother now. They start working on the school project for the environmental club. And they have to come up with a with an announcement for the school. And Rick suggests that the usual boring ones won't work. It's not going to get people excited. So he suggests that uh, something a little different than the usual style. And he has an idea. So we go to the next day at school. Rick and Caitlin show up at the main office. And ask if they can use the PA system to make an announcement. And Doris, the secretary, says yes. And they make an announcement about their environmental club, about a petition. Rick has a big radio and he starts playing just an instrumental tune with a steady beat as Caitlin does a rap. Yeah, Caitlin raps. Well, Well, apparently it worked because the kids in the hallway are hearing the rap. Joey's bouncing his head. He's digging it. And then we see up later on after that, a bunch of kids are signing their petitions to help with the environmental cause. Rick's idea was awesome. They're celebrating hip hip hurrah. Cut back to Yick and Arthur. Arthur sees Yick, sorry. Arthur sees Yick, no, sorry. Yick sees Arthur in the hall and he calls out to him. Arthur hesitates and tries to take off. (laughs) Yick follows him into the bathroom where Arthur ran into a shitter. And Yick asks Arthur where the vase is, where the vase. Arthur says that it's still being appraised. 
And he says that the antique dealer has never seen a vase quite like Yick's. <laughs> oh, these two are awesome. <laughs> we cut to the Environment Committee having another meeting. And, and once again, the first order of, meeting of the meeting is a new group name. Because they're not happy with the current name that Kathleen picked. Caitlin, Rick, and Susie plan to make to take the the petition that everybody signed to the factory because now they've got about 200 signatures, but Kathleen thinks it's a stupid idea. Of course she does. She doesn't like anything that she didn't come up with. We go to Arthur's house, and he's in his room, and he's got some glue, <laughs> and he's got a bag, and he tips the bag upside down, and out comes Yick's $5 vase in shambles. And Yick, sorry, Arthur has the plan to uh, put it all back together via glue. <laughs> we go to Caitlin's house where Susie is hanging out. And Caitlin asks Susie what she thinks of Rick. And Susie suggests that Caitlin just admit that she likes Rick and stop treating her like an experiment. Caitlin says that Rick's not her type. Back at Arthur's house, Arthur's done. <laughs> He's done gluing the vase back together. <laughs> it looks like shit. <laughs> oh, Arthur. Oh, these both of them, Arthur and Yick. What a great combo those two are, man. Awesome. We go to the factory where Caitlin, Rick, and Susie show up to take their petition. And the factory representative shows up and he basically patronizes them like an asshole. Tells them that the factory's emissions are well within the legal standards. And he, uh, he, he basically, again, he patronizes them. For their passion for activism. But he's just blowing them off. They're just kids. Uh, they leave and Rick is pissed. While Caitlin and Susie are happy that they at least were trying. Rick, Rick, Rick is still not happy. He walks home. And he's walking past the Degrassi Grocery Store. Which is not an actual store. But it said Degrassi Grocery Store on the sign. Which is obviously made up. We see Kathleen and Melanie leave the Degrassi Grocery Store. They separate. Kathleen comes upon Rick. And she sees him smoking a cigarette. Rick is smoking a cigarette, man. He's only a child. The next day at school during the club meeting, it's once again suggested that they have a new name. <laughs> Kathleen says, hey, man, we got other things to discuss. And Kathleen just suggests that Rick be kicked out of the environmental club because he was smoking. And that makes him a hypocrite. Rick says that he wasn't hurting anyone. Kathleen says that they can't have a polluter on an anti-pollution committee. Which makes sense, but but I mean, maybe he, I mean, I, I don't smoke. I never have smoked. But I'm sure you can be a cigarette smoker and be for the environment too, right? Because I mean, if you hear the stories, it's not exactly easy to quit smoking. So, what are you gonna do? Uh, Rick freaks out about the being kicked out of the group, and he leaves. Kathleen tells Kaylin that she told her Rick was no good. Back in the hallway, Rick stops Caitlin and tries to talk to her, but Caitlin is angry because she stood up for him, and he made her look dumb. Rick says that it was him who came up with the rap announcements that got them all the, the uh, signatures on the petition, and that he only joined the dumb committee because he liked her, not because he needed her help, and he leaves. The next day, Arthur confesses to Yick that he broke the vase, and he shows Arthur, he shows Yick <laughs> the vase now. <laughs> It looks like crap. <laughs> Arthur tells Yick to just tell the the real story about his family because it's really interesting. Yick uh, is hesitant, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see what happens right now. We're in class. 
and Yik is in the middle of giving a speech about how his family were refugees. They were out for sea at sea for months, avoiding pirate ships and other dangers. And while he's telling this story, the entire class is glued to him because it's a really interesting story, man. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's not exactly a happy story, but it's got a happy ending for Yik. Unfortunately, not for his boss, but what you gonna do? He gives a speech. Ms. Avery tells him it was great. Everybody in the class congratulates him. They loved it. Arthur goes up to Yick after class, hands him a wad full of $1 bills because <laughs> he wants to pay Yick to replace the vase. And Arthur tells Yick that he's going to find a job and he's going to pay him for, for as long as it takes. <laughs> but Yick admits to Arthur that the vase was just cheap. And Arthur calls Yick a broomhead. <laughs> Oh, I love that word. I've <laughs> only ever heard that in Degrassi, man. And he tells that he tells Yik that he should have told him. And Yik replies saying, well, why didn't you tell me that you broke it? Arthur thinks about it for a second or two. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. They both smile and they leave together. So, no harm done. Kaylin catches up with Rick after school and, he ap- and uh, apologizes to him for a lash- for snapping on him. And she thanks him for helping with the petition. Rick suggests that they talk to the newspaper about the petition and how they were blown off by a uh, by a representative who was an asshole to them to him. Caitlin loves the idea, kisses him on the cheek, and says says that Rick, you're brilliant. Rick smiles and says, "Shh, I have a reputation." And that's when we get the end credits of uh, <laughs> oh man, Arthur and Yick, <laughs> smoke screen, very uh. Not the best of all episodes, but come on, man. Arthur and Yick, what an awesome duo. And then, uh, well, Rick and Caitlin. You see, I never watched Degrassi Junior High during these early episodes, so I, I can't tell you if I was hoping that Rick and Caitlin would hook up. I did. I started watching Degrassi Junior High probably at Season 2, which we're obviously going to get to next episode. But the next, next episode from Season 1 is Episode 11 entitled It's Late, and this is a groundbreaking episode. I mean, this, as I said already on the on Movie Buddy, SeriallyGrapejuice.com, I am Nairby on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also Nairby at the Degrassi Grocery Store. This show really did push the envelope back in the day. Uh, and this, the air date for It's Late was March the 29th, 1987. The same day as WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. That's right. We start and we're at a house party. It's Lucy's house party and her parents as usual are not home. We see Spike and Shane and they're making out. And it's getting a little loud. So they decide Shane decides that, that they should go to one of the bedrooms after Joey shows up and jokingly suggests that the that he, Shane and Wheels all share Spike. Shane and Spike go into the bedroom, they shut the door. They sit on the bed, lay down and uh yeah. We cut to the twins, Heather and Erica, who are leaving, and they start to look for Spike, as they obviously, I guess they went to the the uh, party with Spike, and they ask everybody, have you seen Spike, have you seen Spike, and they're told that Spike is alone with Shane. So they go to the bedroom door, it's locked, and then they just start to bang on it, asking for Spike, I mean, open the door and open the door, I mean, it's crazy, how did Spike and Shane not hear that? Well... Uh, we're going to find out how <laughs> they didn't hear that. Apparently that's when we get the classic intro for this episode. After the intro, Spike arrives at school in her mom's eighties piece of shit car. 
All those 80s carbs, man, they were garbage. And her mom asked Spike why she's suddenly so snappy and bitchy. And she doesn't help around the house anymore. What's going on? Spike doesn't want to talk about it. She leaves the car in a huff. She arrives late to class for the second time this week. She sits down, looks over at Shane, and he gives her a smile. Spike looks away, and Shane's smile instantly goes away, as he obviously he's he knows something's up, man. You never know with these girls, man. They can just change on a dime. Well, in Spike's case, you can understand. We're going to find out why. After class, Shane approaches Spike and asks if she wants to go to Lucy's next party. And Spike says no. Joey uh, asks Shane after Spike leaves what he and Spike were doing at Lucy's party. And Shane replies, wouldn't you like to know? Joey suggests to Wheels that, you know, they were probably just kissing. No big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're probably just kissing. <sighs> yep. Melanie and Kathleen, the other dynamic duo that I love, are walking in the halls together. And Melanie tells Kathleen... That she'd really like a hickey. <laughs> oh my god, she's awesome. <laughs> Kathleen tells Melanie that hickeys are gross. And Melanie says that they're romantic. And that once you've got one, it means you've got a boyfriend. And when you've got a boyfriend, that means you can go out on dates. <laughs> oh, they're awesome. <laughs> and that's when Snake walks by. Melanie says hi. Snake says hi back, but he keeps on walking. Uh, Melanie says that she gives up. <laughs> uh, and that she'll never get a boyfriend. Kathleen says that she's got time. She's only 12. Melanie says Melanie says she's 12 and three quarters, and that's old. <laughs> Melanie walks. Melanie and Kathleen walk, continue walking down the hall. They see Yick and Arthur. Melanie says hi to, Yar to Arthur. But not Yick. Yick is all giddy for just a second, but as Melanie continues to walk away, Yick is giddy, Yick's giddiness is gone. Arthur asks Yick if he likes Melanie. Yick does a, does a big smile and says that he does. And Arthur tells Yick that he should ask her out. We go to the boys' bathroom. Joey and Wheels are wondering if Shane and Spike really did it. Shane walks in. Well, lucky coincidence, I'm sure. Shane walks in and they ask him if, if uh, he and Spike really did have sex. And if they did, what was it like? <laughs> Shane says that it's none of their business. And they ask Shane why Spike is mad at him all of a sudden. Shane says that he doesn't know. And Joey says, she's probably on her period or something. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, man, maybe she was. <sighs> Pushing the envelope. We go to the girls' washroom. Spike tells the twins, Heather and Erica, that her period is late. And she admits to the twins that she and Shane had sex at Lucy's party and that she thinks that she's pregnant. Telling you, man, pushing the envelope because the, the Spike character in these episodes is only 14. Pushing the envelope, man. This show aired on CBC, man. Public television. You didn't even have to have cable back then to get CBC, the channel. It's a government-run and operated channel. So, yeah. Uh, we go back to the hallway. Yick says hi to Melanie, and she says hi back, but she keeps walking. And that's when Arthur offers Yick, Yick some advice on how to get, how to get Melanie. <laughs> Yick asks Arthur what he knows about girls, and Arthur says that when you have a sister like Stephanie K, you learn real fast. Well, <laughs> I guess so. Back in the girls' bathroom, 
One of, one of the dumb twins tells Spike that if it was her first time having sex, it's okay because you can't get pregnant the first time you have sex. God! <laughs> There's probably actually kids out there back then and even today who believe that shit. Bloody hell. Oh my god. Spike wonders why her period is late and the dumb twin says that, you know, sometimes it's just irregular, right? <laughs> well, I, me as a dude, I don't know. So you ladies out there, if you're listening to this want to leave some feedback, is, is, is our periods irregular to the point where you won't get pregnant? <laughs> uh, you're <grassy>, man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Spike visits her mom after school at work. Her mom is a hairdresser. Her mom apologizes to her for being so snappy in the morning. And Spike asks her mom if it's true that you can't get pregnant the first time having sex. And her mom pretty much tells her that that's bullshit. <laughs> and her, uh, the client that her mom's working on is talking about how she's got all these kids and another one on the way. Spike slowly walks away as she's sweeping up the floor. She goes to a back room, sits down, and she starts crying, man. You got really got a feel for her, man. Spike, Amanda Septoe or Steptoe. Great, great, great job playing Spike. Spike's a great character, man. Just a great character. Back at school, Arthur suggests that Yik give Melanie a compliment. And so they practice. And they're in the stairwell, and that's when Yik tells Arthur, Your eyes are so blue, they remind me of swimming pools. <laughs> and that's when Snake and Tim walk by, and they heard it, and they're giving the Yik and Arthur this weird look. Arthur says hi to Snake, and Snake says... Yeah, okay, Arthur. <laughs> they see Melanie in her locker. Yick walks up to Melanie and he tells her, Your eyes are so blue they seem like pimming swools. <laughs> Melanie and Kathleen laugh at him. Yick quickly walks away and he calls Arthur a broomhead. <laughs> oh, I love it, the broomhead. Uh, there's probably shirts with broomhead on it, man. Gotta get one of those. Something with broomhead, man. Classic, classic, classic show. Classic word. We go back to class. The twins tell Spike that she should get a pregnancy test, but Spike is hesitant about it. The bell rings, and Shane asks Spike what's wrong. She tells him that she thinks she's pregnant. Shane thinks it's, it's a joke. Spike says it's no joke. Shane is just in complete and utter shock, and slowly walks away and says nothing more. Uh... <laughs> Yep. The next day at school, Vula is showing off a picture of her new of her sister's new baby. So Vula's an aunt already. Vula's only in the uh, seventh grade or eighth grade. Alexa, who I think this is one of her. Oh damn! There goes my Echo Dot. Sorry. <laughs> Gonna have to change that. I have an Echo Dot, and its name is that name. <laughs> so uh, Echo Dot, <laughs> who uh, isn't a main character yet, but it's coming. I believe in season two. Echo Dot says that she can't wait to have a baby. <laughs> and Lucy says, are you kidding? Babies pee like 12 times a day. <laughs> uh, Spike and Shane then walk in and they see the pictures. And they, they're looking just, they're looking obviously feeling awkward about everything goes, going on. Class starts. Radich, Mr. Radish is giving a lesson. During this lesson, Spike looks over at Shane and he looks away. Joey and uh, Joey sees this. And think something's up. The twins also see up and they see it, and they well, they already know what's up. We go to the boys' bathroom. Joey and Wheels are in there, and they ask Shane if he and Spike had sex or not. Shane asks them what they would do if they got someone pregnant, and they ask if it's if the Shane's talking about Spike, and he says no. 
He's just asking and that it wouldn't be the guy's problem, right? <laughs> Bloody hell. Joey says that it would be the guy's baby too. So yeah, it's it's the guy's not problem, but it's his it's his friggin' uh, obligation as well. Shane leaves, and Joey suggests to Wheels that they never really did it. Shane just wants people to think that they did. After class, Melanie's reading her horoscope to Kathleen in the hallway, and it says that Melanie will receive a surprise gift today. <sighs> Arthur and Yick see this. Arthur goes and grabs a, a, uh, a small vase of flowers from the teacher's desk and gives them to Yick to give to Melanie. And Yick, Arthur says that uh, he should give the flowers to Melanie because girls like to get flowers and they think it's romantic and stuff. <laughs> oh, Yick says that he feels like a broomhead, but he goes and he gives Melanie the flowers anyway. And it turns out she's allergic to them and she just has a sneezing fit and tells Yick to go away. Yick quickly leaves and calls Arthur a broomhead. <laughs> we cut to the twins and they tell Spike that they'll go to her. They tell Spike that they'll go to her to the clinic to get her a, to help with her to get a, a pregnancy test. And that's during this uh, we hear an announcement over the PA telling Joey Jeremiah to report to the principal's office. On the double. Ah, <laughs> oh, little Easter eggs, man. I love it. <sighs> Yick decides he's not going to take Arthur's advice anymore. Well, come on, Arthur. Come on. Yick's got it. He's, he's Stephanie Kay's brother, man. Arthur, swamp sex robots, goddammit. But he's not going to take Arthur's advice, and he just decides to go up and add, he asks Melanie to go skating. Melanie's face lights up, and she's like, you mean a date? Yick says yes, and Melanie says yes. And then they start walking out down the hall together. Melanie asks Yick what his sign is. Yick says he's an Aquarius. Melanie says that she's a Cancer and that they're not supposed to get along. But he's a boy and it's a date, so it's okay. <laughs> oh my god, it's, isn't it awesome? I love both the dynamic duos and now two members of those dynamic duos are going to go out on a date together. Oh, they're just awesome. <laughs> Uh, Spike goes to buy a pregnancy test with the twins, which is really, which was really surreal because, uh, as we're going to find out in, uh, season one, episode one, is it episode one? It's, it's episode one of one of the seasons of Degrassi High, where one of the twins ends up having, uh, the same base, pretty much life experience that Spike is having. So it's quite interesting that the twins are helping Spike with a pregnancy test here. Well, well, how are they helping? They're just there to offer support, I guess. We go home, go to Spike's house. Spike arrives at home while her mom is cooking dinner. Spike has the bag, a shopper's drug mart bag. Her mom sees the bag and Spike asks about it and Spike hides it behind her back. Her mom wants to know what it is. Spike does not want to tell her. She runs to her room, but her mom chases after her. And her mom tries to get Spike to open up and Spike just gets angry. And she tells her mom that she knows nothing about what it's like to be 14. Spike's mom just deals with it and turns around to leave. But Spike finally, she takes the bag and throws it in her mom's direction. And Spike's mom takes the bag, picks it up, opens it up, revealing the home pregnancy test. And uh, Spike's mom is understanding. And she decides that she wants to take Spike to a clinic instead. And Spike tells her mom that she wanted Shane to like her. 
and that's but she didn't like sex very much. Uh, her mom tells Spike that uh, when she's ready, it'll be wonderful. Shane shows up at the clinic to go in with Spike to get the results of the test while the mother waits in the car. Spike's mom tells her, whatever happens, I'm behind you. We cut to Yick and Melanie on their skating date, and they're having an awesome time together. I don't know where this rink is in Toronto, but there are these big friggin' boulders, like, right in the middle of it. It's, it's crazy. It's, like, dangerous, but it was the 80s, man. People were just reckless. But then again, that'd be kind of cool, maybe. But, yeah, if you don't know how to skate, you run into one of these pointy boulders, you're screwed. We go back to the clinic. Shane and Spike come out. And Spike tells her mom that she's pregnant. Her mom cries and gives her a hug. Spike and Shane talk the next day at school. Spike blames Shane for getting her pregnant and says that he could have stopped her. Or he could have, she could have stopped him. No, Shane says that she could have stopped him. Spike says, I tried to. Sort of. Well, there you go. It's both your faults, man. But Spike doesn't want to give the baby up for adoption, but she also doesn't want to have an abortion. And Shane doesn't want her to get an abortion because the baby's got rights. Spike says it was just a little mistake. Shane replies, it was sort of a big mistake. And that's when we get the credits. So there we go. A big, groundbreaking episode. Classic episode. Spike getting pregnant with uh, little Emma who uh, obviously we're not going to see, well, until later, but yeah. Groundbreaking, pushing the envelope. Awesome. I love this show. Next episode, episode 12, Parents' Night. Air date April 5th, 1987. Wills is at home celebrating his birthday. He's playing his bass guitar. And while he's doing this, his mom is lip-syncing to opera while she's ironing. Wheels' parents, man, I think they're awesome, man. They're just great. It's, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything with, for those who know what knows what happens uh, regarding his parents, uh, I believe, in season two. Yeah, but his parents, great characters, man. Uh, uh, Wheels' mom tells Wheels that, that this opera music is real music, not like that rock music that he listens to. Wheels' dad walks in and asks him if he ever thought that maybe rock music was part of an alien plot to take over the world. <laughs> an alien plot to take over the world. Yep. <laughs> and that's when the phone rings. Wheels gets up to answer it, but nobody replies. So he just hangs up. Wheels tells his mom that was nobody there, and mom, Wheels' mom tells him that you know that happened earlier as well. So weird, isn't it? Yeah, so that's when we get the classic intro. After the intro, Wheels is outside on making his way to school where we see a mysterious dude in a, I believe it was a red van, red jeep, and he's watching him. As Wheels continues to head to the school, the dude gets out of the van, the jeep, and he's, he's still watching him. And that's when Snake notices him. Snake notices that Wheels is being watched by some dude. We go into the school, and Snake tells uh, Wheels that he thought of a great name for their band. So yeah, this is the episode where we finally see the birth of the band, which we're going to find out the name of later. Snake came up with the name Snake and the Charmers. Wheels says that he doesn't think Joey's going to like that name. That's when Snake tells Wheels that they've got to come up with a name in time for the talent show. And he also tells him, we ask Wheels if he noticed the guy watching him. Wheels says no. 
We go to the boys' bathroom where Joey's there trying to forge his mother's signature on his report card. <laughs> and Joey tells uh, Wheels and Snake that he's got a great name for their band. Joey and the Joy Buzzers. <laughs> well, he told Wheels that. Snake didn't tell Snake and, that, and Wheels tells him. He doesn't think Snake will like it. So they're still trying to come up with a name for this band. This legendary three-man band. We go to class. Spike is telling the twins that Shane doesn't talk to her anymore. And she's also undecided about what to do with the baby. She doesn't know if she's going to have it. She doesn't know to give it up for adoption. Crazy, 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 man. 14 years old. What are you going to do? Joey shows up in class and he gives Radich his forged report card. And Radich tells Joey that he'll be seeing his parents on parents night. After class, Snake suggests that Joey forge a note from his parents because Joey forgot all about parents night. So forge a note from his parents about not being able to go to parents' night since they never saw the report card anyway, and Joey likes the idea. We go to the twins, and they tell Spike that she should ask Wheels of what it's like about being an adopted kid. Spike thinks it's a good idea. So that's when we go to the gym, where they're having rehearsals for this talent show, the upcoming talent show. And we see Arthur and Caitlin, and they're performing a song together. They're both wearing costumes and wigs, and Arthur... Looks ridiculously awesome in this 80s hair metal band rock wig that he's wearing. <laughs> and he, in the day, and he, seeing him do this dance with Caitlyn, oh, Arthur is so awesome. And this, these two dancing together is also awesome because later in Degrassi High, we end, we see, we have an episode where Arthur has a major, major crush on Caitlyn. That is a great episode. I love that episode. Oh, but that wig, man, Arthur's wearing. Oh, so great. <laughs> and him trying to dance. Arthur's a great character, man. Oh, they're all great. We go backstage. Joey, Snake, and Wheels are getting set up to perform, to rehearse. And that's when Spike shows up to talk to Wheels. She wants to talk to him in private. And she asks Wheels if he thinks about his real parents. Wheels says that his real parents were too young when they had him. And he wasn't real mad at them for giving him up. We go to, uh, to back to the rehearsals. Joey, Snake, and Wheels are set to start their rehearsal. And Joey's also wearing a ridiculous rocker wig. <laughs> but his is like punk rock. <laughs> it's awesome. And they start to play. And it sucks ass. <laughs> it's like each of them. Like, Wheels is on bass. Uh, Snake is on guitar. Joey's on keyboard, and they're all playing their own thing at the same time, and it's awful. <laughs> Just terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. After the rehearsals, Wheels, Joey, and Snake leave, and that's where Wheels is confronted by the mysterious dude in the vehicle, the Jeep, and the dude wants to talk to Wheels. He asks Wheels if his name is Derek, Derek Wheeler. Wheeler, Wheeler, Wheels doesn't really answer. The mysterious man tells Wheels that his name is Mike and that he's Wheels' birth father. Mike pr attempts to prove it to Wheels with info about Wheels' birth date and also a birth necklace, which he tries to give Wheels, but Wheels thinks it's a fake. Mike says he just wants to talk to Wheels and Wheels says that maybe he doesn't want to talk to him. But, uh... We, Micah understands, but he leaves him wheel, leaves Wheels his phone number and hopes that Wheels will uh, give him a call so they can have a talk. 
The next day at school, Joey and Snake fantasize about being famous rock stars. Joey shows Wheels the fake letter from his parents. <laughs> Wheels tells them about Mike and claims that he that uh, this Mike guy is his real claims to be Wheels' real dad. In the library, Smite, Mike Spike tells the twins like these names, man, Yick and Rick, Mike and Spike. Come on, man. <laughs> In the library, Spike tells the twins that she wishes Shane would talk to her, because he was okay when until he was okay until she that he found out that she was pregnant, and she thinks that she and she wishes or she thinks that Shane wishes that it can just all go away, and Spike thinks the same thing. Well, you're 14. Hell, man. Also 14 and in grade eight. Uh, I don't think I was 14 till grade nine. Hmm, but all right. <sighs> Wheels finally calls his dad from a payphone, and they decide to meet. They meet at a restaurant. Mike shows Wheels a picture of uh, Wheels' birth mother, and tells Wheels that he and his mom had him when they were sixteen. And uh, Mike has since lost touch with uh, Wheels' birth mom. Wheels also, uh, Mike also reveals to Wheels that uh, you know it was a crazy life because you know he was in a band and wheels starts to wheels just lights up because oh my god his dad his dad was in a band wheels loves it and his dad wheel mike offers uh tells wheels that yeah you can come watch us practice wheels loves the idea and he's excited now he's loving the idea wheels can jam or watch his dad jam we go back to home wheels house and wheels is on the phone with joey tells him that he really likes his birth dad he's cool he's in a band he's awesome and that's when Wheels' parents return home from shopping. And Wheels' dad, as in his adopted dad, I'm just going to call him his dad and his birth dad, Mike. Wheels' dad asks Wheels if he's ever heard of a group called the Gourmet Scum. <laughs> oh, I love it. Ah, oh, The Gourmet Scum is a band name that we've heard on and off throughout Degrassi, even into Degrassi High. The Gourmet Scum, man. Love it. Wheels says, of course. They're amazing. And that's when his dad whips out two tickets to their upcoming concert the next night, actually, in Hamilton. And uh, Wheels' dad wants to get, wants Wheels to go with him, but Wheels declines and says that he's got a band rehearsal for the talent show. We go back to school, and Snake suggests that the name of the band should be Snake and the Sneeze. <laughs> Snake says Snake and the Sneeze has got class. And Joey replies... A cold symptom has class? <laughs> we go to the boys' washroom. Wheels tells Joey about backing out on the Gourmet Scum concert, and he feels bad about it. But Joey insists it's okay because, hey, man, your dad's in a band. This, this is great, man. We're in a band. So, yeah. Wheels takes Joey to the band practice to see his, to see uh, Mike perform. And uh, Mike sees Wheels. They stop playing, and Mike introduces Wheels to the other band members, and he refers to Wheels as, It's my kid! This is my kid! Which pisses off Wheels, and Wheels just, he just like turns on a dime, and he tells Mike that he wishes he didn't come back because he's messed everything up. <sighs> Mike tells Wheels to relax because he cares about him. Yeah, a boat. <laughs> Canadian, <laughs> big time. He cares about him. <laughs> and Wheels replies, you care about me? <laughs> he replies, You care about me so much you gave me up? <laughs> I don't think I say about a boat. I'm sure I say about. But Canadians, man. 
Yeah, a boat. <laughs> oh, man. Wheels arrives back at home, and his parents want to talk to him. They tell him that Mike called them and apologized for causing trouble. Wheels' parents are understanding about it, and Wheels asks him, like, he's like worried all of a sudden. Like, you guys just want to give him up? And the, the parents insist that, no, no, no. And Wheels says that he doesn't want Mike. He wants his adoptive parents. Well, of course they do. His adoptive parents are freaking awesome. Wheels runs to his room because he's upset. Because he thinks his adoptive parents don't want him anymore. Ah, uh, young people. Go back to school. And Radich tells Joey that the note about his parents was so sad that he decided to give his parents a call to offer his sympathy. And that, and that they're going to be there for parents' night. So nice try, Joey. Dumbass. Oh, man. We go to Spike and Shane and they're arguing. Having a big fight and they decide that they're not going to see each other anymore. Spike still doesn't know what she's going to do. But all she wants to do is she just wants to do the right thing. She asks Wheels what happens if she loves the baby too much to give it up for adoption. Wheels says that she just has to do what's right. But Spike doesn't know what that is. And Spike tells Wheels that if she gave the baby up, she'd like to meet it later on to explain everything. Which makes sense, and Wheels understands that it makes sense. That's when things kick in for Wheels. And then he goes back to see Mike again. At the club or wherever it was. And, that, and Mike apologizes for interfering in Wheels' life. Wheels tells Mike that he doesn't want to see him for a while, but he'll call him sometime. And Mike is okay with this. And that's when he tells Wheels. That's when Wheels tells Mike. Well, actually, Mike says... See you later, Derek. Wheels turns and he tells Mike that his friends call him Wheels. And he asks for his birth next, looks back. Mike gives it to him. Wheels smiles and we get the credits. Great episode, man. Building up the Wheels character. Because the Wheels character is a, is a major character throughout uh, his run, man. With his parents, his, his adoption, his real parents. What happens to his adoptive parents. Not going to spoil anything for those who don't know. Wheels is uh, some major, major things going to be happening to Wheels. Oh, uh, yeah. So now we go to episode 13, which is the season finale of, of season one of Degrassi Junior High. This one is entitled Revolution, air date April 12th, 1987. We start where Stephanie is walking through the hallway. And that's when Joey surprises her because he's still gaga for her. Ah. <sighs> She basically blows him off, and she tells the twins that Joey's a nice guy, but he's not the kind of guy that she'd go out with. And that's when we get the intro. After the intro, Stephanie sees Wheels in the hall. She says hi to him. Wheels says hi back, and Stephanie is just mesmerized and still gaga, because she still is just crushing major on him. Kathleen, Arthur, and Melanie are sitting in the hallway when Stephanie walks by. <laughs> They say that Stephanie was the worst dressed president <laughs> in, in the school history. And they mentioned that she hasn't replaced the sports rep position yet. And they all say that Yick should go out for the position. In the girl's bathroom, otherwise known as Stephanie's office, <laughs> Stephanie wonders if she should ask Wheels out again. After all their other dates have just been disasters. We go to the hallway. Joey, Snake, and Wheels are still trying to figure out a name for their band. Joey suggests uh, Joey suggests the name Joey and the Jet Sets, <laughs> but Wheels says they've already got a name, and Joey replies, "The Zit Remedy." You call that a name? 
Well, that is their name, the legendary Zit Remedy, man. Yeah. And Joey says that in order to be successful, they need to have a gimmick. And that's after Snake refuses to eat a live goldfish on stage. <laughs> and then Wheels and Snake ask Joey why he can't eat a goldfish on stage. And Joey says, oh, he's allergic to fish. <laughs> yep. In class, Stephanie asks Wheels out. And he says no because he has to study because his last report card was awful. And Stephanie is just instantly, you can see it in her eyes. She is just scorned. Raditz shows up and tells the class about the upcoming English exam. Wheels looks back at Joey and then looks over at Stephanie who's still looking at him or who's looking back at him and she's looking like a pissed off see you next Tuesday. Big time. She don't like that Wheels said no, man. She wants she gets what she wants because she's Stephanie K, man. A boat. <laughs> we go to the hallway after class. Stephanie is pissed and she tells the twins that she's going to make Wheels pay for saying no. And at the twins' suggestion... Stephanie decides that she's going to make Jill's, make Wheels jealous by going out with Joey. Yick shows up and asks Stephanie if he can be the sports rep and she blows him off. <sighs> we cut to Wheels, Joey, and Snake practicing for their band. And they're playing their one and only ever song. The legendary, I don't even know if it's got a name. Everybody's got something, but they're performing. So not only did this episode have the debut of the Zit Remedy name. But the debut of Everybody Wants Something, They Never Give Up. So yeah, that, it debuted episode thir- the season finale of episode of season uh, one of uh, Degrassi Junior High. For those trivia buffs out there. <laughs> Great. Um, Stephanie shows up during the pr- practice and she just starts flirting with Joey in front of Wheels. And she asks Joey if he wants to be on the student, if he wants to be the student rep, the sports rep, sorry, on the student council. Snake says that Joey can't be sports rep because he hates sports and he isn't even on a sports team. (laughs) Joey says that he watches some sports on TV and that has to count for something. (laughs) It's like the movie uh, Gridiron Gang starring The Rock. Where uh, the the, the kid who uh, is chosen to be quarterback, he volunteers to be quarterback for their... uh, their uh, juvenile detention team. And then when they realize he sucks, he was like, hey man, I, I can be quarterback. I play Madden. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> Wheels wonder, wonders why there was no election for this uh, position. And Steph says that as school president, she can do what she wants. She leaves and Wheels couldn't care less that she's flirting with Joey and all that stuff. Wheels couldn't care less, man. Don't blame him. Bloody hell. Uh, the next day, Yick is in the bathroom where Joey is talking to himself in the mirror. Yick gives him a weird look. Joey tells Yick that he better be nice to Joey because he's the school's new sports rep. And Yick freaks on him. Pretty much asking, how, how the hell did that happen? You're not even on a team. You don't involve that. The usual stuff. We go to class and Stephanie's continuing to flirt with Joey in front of Wheels. But Wheels isn't buying it. The 7th graders hear about the news regarding Joey being made sports rep without an election and they're pissed about it. So they start a a campaign to impeach Stephanie. They start hanging posters around the school saying no way Stephanie K and impeach Stephanie. Word is starting to spread about Stephanie and the kids remind everybody about her past behavior including the way she dresses, showing up drunk at her dance, 
kissing for getting kissed for votes, all that stuff. Arthur asked Stephanie how the student council represents the whole school when 66.6% of the members are in grade 8. Arthur's so awesome. Stephanie tells Arthur that 7th graders don't count. We then see a montage of the Zit Remedies only... Well, set to the Zit Remedies only song, Everybody Wants Something. During this montage, we see more scenes of Stephanie flirting with Joey in front of wheels. We see more anti-Stephanie signs, one of which reads, Stephanie K may be a good kisser, but she's a lousy prez. The student council can't run on lips alone. (laughs) (sighs) Wheels leaves the zit remedy uh, practice and Joey tells Wheels not to be jealous that Steph left left Wheels for him. Wheels doesn't give a damn. The next day, the seventh graders decide to they concoct a plan to confront Stephanie. In the library, Wheels overhears the twins Heather and Erica saying that Stephanie is only using Joy to get back at Wheels. We go back to class and Mr. Radich is just vigorously looking for something in his desk everywhere and he just runs out with no explanation. Wheels arrives in class and tells Joy that Steph is only using him to make Wheels jealous but Joey doesn't believe him and gets pissed. You know, some friend you are, that kind of deal. We go to the main office where Radich is there throwing papers all over the place as he's trying to find a copy of the exam that he's supposed to give. Lucy's there and she hears about it. Radich runs and leaves. I guess I think he went home. We go back to the class, seventh grade class, and Yick asks Arthur if he's going to join them when they confront Stephanie and Arthur says that he is. He will. Back in Radich's class while Radich is gone... Wheels tells Joey to ask the twins if it's true about Stephanie using him. Joey agrees to do it, but as he starts to approach the twins, Radich suddenly shows up huffing and puffing, and Joey goes back to his desk. And then we get the exams being given in the 7th and 8th grade grade classes. And it was interesting because, uh, I mean, this was 1987. And then in Degrassi, they gave exams by the teacher writing the questions on the blackboard and the students answering them on paper. So, yeah. No photocopiers or nothing? No, they had typewriters back then. Come on, Degrassi, what you gonna do? Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, well, where are we? Uh, Class ends, and we see Liz again. Liz, leaving Ms. Avery's seventh grade class, and Liz still has not been introduced as a character yet, but we've seen her face appearing in the background in a few episodes, but she's coming. I believe in season two of Degrassi Junior High, she's coming. She's going to be introduced as a new student, but she's here. You can't miss her. She's got that awesome classic Liz hairdo. Uh, Yick, Melanie, Kathleen, and other seventh graders prepare to confront Stephanie, and they start chanting in the hallways, out of the way with Stephanie K over and over. And it's interesting, too. These, these anti-Stephanie K posters are all over the school, but Stephanie apparently never noticed them. It's, it's, it's interesting. At the end of Radich's class, Stephanie flirts with Joey again. Wheels tells Joey again to ask the twins about Stephanie, and so he does. And he asks them if uh, Stephanie's just using him. One twin says yes, the other says no. That's all Joey needed to hear. All he needed to hear was one yes. Ah... <sighs> And the one who said no tells Joey that they're sorry, and Joey's upset about it. Cut to the seventh graders, and they're still chanting in the halls, walking through the halls, chanting, and Arthur's following them from behind. He's not chanting. 
Joey goes up to Wheels and tells Wheels that the, he was right, and they make up. They're friends again, so the Zit Remedy is reunited after that scary little breakup they had. <laughs> we cut to the seventh grader, and they're waiting for Stephanie to show up at her office. She shows up, and Susie, who is the vice president, tells Stephanie that they are against Joey being named sports rep because it's a seventh grade position. Joey shows up and Stephanie tells him to tell the seventh graders what a great job as sports rep he is. Joey says he can't be sports rep and he quits as the seventh graders cheer. Joey tells Steph she doesn't have to be nice to him anymore and he leaves. Stephanie runs into her office, otherwise known as the girl's bathroom, to remove her Madonna gear. And while she's doing this, she's having flashbacks of her school term, including all of her bullshit from when she was getting kissed for votes. She used Vula, all that typical stuff. And while she's removing her makeup, she asks herself, why do I always have to mess things up? She starts to cry as she's having more flashbacks about losing Vula as a best friend. Cut to the end of the day. A bunch of 7th graders are outside of the school, still talking amongst each other, celebrating their success. That's when we see Stephanie leaving. She sees Arthur amongst the 7th graders and she asks Arthur if she wants to walk home together. Arthur says that, yeah, sure, why not? And Arthur tells Stephanie that he really liked his first term of junior high. So first term. This season wasn't a full school school year. This was only half a year. So I I, I believe, yes, uh, season two is the second term of this same school year. So interesting. Yeah. Uh... Stephanie admits that she made a lot of mistakes and she says that next term is going to be completely different. Arthur likes this idea and he asks Stephanie if it's okay to talk to her at school and she says yes. He asks her if she can borrow her stereo and she tells him not to push his luck. They smile, freeze frame, and that's when we get the end credits and the end of season one of Degrassi Junior High, a great season with swamp sex robots Spike getting pregnant. Now, not, not, not that that's great, but it was a great legendary episode for a legendary character. The formation and naming of the Zit Remedy. All the Stephanie K stuff. The twins. Little appearances of future main characters like uh, Echo Dot, otherwise known as Alexa. And Liz. We also saw Michelle in one of the episodes in the background. She becomes a main character uh, coming up uh, later on. And uh, I believe in season two, which we're going to start next week here on Degrassi, buddy. Serialgrapefeast.com. I am Twitter and Instagram. I am Twitter on Twitter. I am there be sorry on all those things. Season two, we're also going to see some new characters, including the absolute worst actor in the history of Canadian television. The dude who plays, um, what the hell is that? Simon. Bloody hell. <laughs> but that's that. Again, if you if you are a fan of the show, got feedback, memories of these shows you'd like to share, and you'd like me to read them, I'll read them. Just leave them, nairby at gmail.com, or leave a comment on the post for this episode at serialandgrapejuice.com, and I'll read them. Tell me your memories, man. Maybe there's stuff that I forgot about. Maybe there's stuff that, like, yeah, man, me too, that kind of stuff. So join me next time, next week, where we will be starting Degrassi Junior High Season 2. And we will be starting with the first three episodes, with episode one being Egbert. Yeah, Egbert. There's a legendary episode. Followed by A Helping Hand and uh, Great Expectations, which I believe is the introduction of Liz 
as a main character. So we're finally going to see her as a main character. Even though it's not her first day at Degrassi, but they're going to say it is. So there you go. Degrassi. Still an awesome show. SerialGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter and Instagram. I am also Nairby on the Zit Remedy World Tour. So join me. And as I said, leave me feedback, nearby at gmail.com or in the comment section of this post on serialandgrapejuice.com. And we will see you next week as we begin recapping season two of Degrassi Junior High. And Egbert, we'll see you then.